this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. We thank you, Lord, for your presence, Lord God, through Jesus, through the presence of your Holy Spirit, meeting with us in your rooms. And we just thank you for those moments, Lord, where you speak to us, whether by your peace, Lord God, in our hearts or by an understanding in our minds or a fire in our spirit, Lord God. We welcome you, Lord God, and we look for that moment this morning where you will give us truth and cause us to know your goodness and know you more. We welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, always excited to think about heaven. I have a little habit where if I'm feeling a bit under the pressure of work or staff uh, or just girls, I have four daughters and a wife and a female dog. Um, So, you know, sometimes I just have this little habit of I'm just going to come up and think about heaven for a while because my head can get very full. Uh, We have about 18 staff and that poses for a lot of sort of stuff. And so I love thinking about heaven. I love the thought of heaven. And oh, it just brings um, you to a different place if you can focus on heaven um, just for a little bit, just for a little while, and think about who's going to be there and God and um, you know, some of those Bible characters and, uh, and maybe some relatives, maybe some children, maybe who knows. And it might be a case of, oh, you made it. Good to see you uh, when we get there. But I like to think about heaven because it, it sort of gives me an internal perspective and helps me to focus and sort of see over things and connect with God. But focus on heaven. So I'm excited about this series and where we're at in this moment. And I just want to actually give a shout out to my nan who turned 86 today. Happy birthday, nan. And I'm thinking of you and hope you're tuning in. Um, but uh, one of my favourite people, my nan. Um, But just heaven, and so uh, in considering heaven uh, and talking about heaven, I just came across this picture on Facebook, and if we could get that up, and it's all these people in a queue, and they're going to heaven, and I'm not sure if um, you might have seen this, and everyone's going up there to heaven, been a lot of queues lately, COVID queues, vaccines and tests, and people on the phone, I don't know if you've been on a phone queue trying to get through to Centrelink or wherever you're trying to get through, but a lot of queues at the moment. Here we have the queue for heaven, and everyone's going up. And it had these words with it. Um, every minute someone leaves this world behind, we are all in the line without knowing it. We never know how many people are before us. We cannot move to the back of the line, and we cannot move out of the line. We cannot avoid the line. So while we wait in line, and it just sort of has these things, uh, make moments count Make priorities, make the time, make sure your gifts are known, make a nobody feel like a somebody, make your voice heard, make small things big, make someone smile, make the change, make up, make peace, make sure you tell someone they are loved, make sure you have no regrets. And it finishes with this, make sure you are ready, which I find very interesting. Um, How can you get ready for that? How do you get ready and how is your assurance of that, of going up to heaven? And 
I find in most people that they have a hope for something after. Most people, whether they're Christian or not, have a hope for heaven and a hope that there will be something more or that we'll get back together one day. And they're not always grounded hopes. And the reason that people have a hope for heaven is that we are created in the image of God, in his likeness, and we have a spiritual part to us. And it says in Ecclesiastes that he has set eternity in the hearts of people. So we have this wanting for something more. We actually are created for something more. We are created for more than just this physical realm. And I love, I love the Bible. Like It just gives so many... Uh, well, I just love the fact of heaven in the Bible. I love it when Paul uh, talks about his heavenly experience. Paul, the apostle Paul, the great apostle, and he just loved God with all of his heart. He was just so passionate about Jesus. Anyway, Jesus took him to heaven one day, and he said that he saw things that he couldn't explain. He saw highest heaven. So there's this realm of highest heaven. In the beginning, the Bible starts with in the beginning. That God created the heavens and the earth. He created the natural realm, the physical realm. And if you read through in different places of the Bible, there's different interactions between these realms. Daniel prays a prayer and after 20 days, an angel brings the prayer to him and he says, look, your prayer was answered the moment you started to pray, but this evil spirit held back the answer, but you pressed through and we broke through and the angel, uh, uh, Michael, the archangel came to help me and kick these other spiritual there's a spiritual realm and Jesus talked a lot about heaven he actually talked more about hell than he did about heaven and so there's this spiritual realm there's highest heaven there's natural heaven there's some in-between space where there's interactions between heaven and earth and there's a place called hell where God never intended anyone to go there it's not for people, it's for the devil and his, and his demons. That's what hell is for. But unfortunately, through sin, there's a rejection of God and people end up there and it's not, oh, you made it. It's good to see. It's not. It's darkest pitch black fire, worms, just death on death. And it's just awful. But there's a place of highest heaven and this is the place where we belong And people have a lot of ideas. And in this picture, you can see they're all going up to heaven. But how can I be sure that I'm going to heaven? How can I be sure? And how is my hope connected to my certainty of going to heaven? And a lot of people have their own ideas about what gets them in or what qualifies them to take them up and to take them to heaven. All this is what I believe. Um, And some people take a bit of Buddhism and they mix a bit of Jesus and that's what they believe. And all roads lead to Rome. It sort of sounds nice. Well, I'm pretty sure if I go out on the man's road and I drive along that for a little while on a Pacific highway and I get onto the M1 and I get up to past Newcastle and all the way to the queue to Queensland, there's no way I'm going to end up in Rome. It's just, it might sound good, but the reality of truth is far from that. And so in this specific queue for eternity, how can you be sure of the outcome? Most cues that you get in, you're going to know the outcome. You know why you're there. You know what you're doing. And I got in the coffee queue this morning. Actually, I jumped the coffee queue because I have a little app on my phone, which I love to do. So I jumped the queue, but I still got in the queue 
And, you know, people are very specific. They know what they want with their coffee. They get a little foot tapping. They make my little extra shot, double shot, extra strong, hazelnut, almond, latte, small, two sugars in a large cup so when I'm driving I don't spill it. You know, very, very specific about that cue. But how can you be specific and what is your expectation of in the queue to heaven, going up to heaven. Maybe you were christened as a baby. Uh, maybe you go to church. Uh, maybe you're just a good person. You just oh, he's a pretty good bloke. He's nice to his neighbours. He loves his family. He's a good bloke. That must qualify him. But does those kind of things, do they really provide a true anchor of assurance that you are, are going to qualify for heaven? And the great hope for all believers of Jesus is that when you die or... When Jesus comes back, you never know. It's a lot of people thinking that he's coming back soon, and they've been thinking that for a long time, in each generation, actually. But whichever queue you're in, this is the real hope for believers, is that they will meet again in heaven. And it's not a vain hope. It's not the kind of hope, oh, gee, I hope it goes well, or I'll see you when you get there, or I'll find out when I get there. It's not that I, you know, it's grounded, it's anchored, and it's a hope because of what Jesus has done. And in Jesus, we actually find that the Father is actually really keen for you to go to heaven. He wants you there, and we find that he has removed this obstacle of sin, and through receiving Jesus and connecting to him, we actually find a sure hope, something that we can be certain of, and it takes the wonder out of whether we'll make it or not. And so God's word shows how we can be confident of this eternal life, of a home in heaven, and the Bible is full of interactions between heaven and earth, and full of stories. In 1 John 5.13, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So it's a great place to start. And I'm going to start there uh, with John 3.16. And I want to give you three foundations to anchor this living hope for heaven. And the first thing I want you to know here this morning is that God wants you in heaven. God want, know that God wants you in heaven. And I have four daughters and they love to visit their bubba and their dieta. And it's, they just, it's snacks, it's like bubba, she's so much fun. And dieta and Nina, our youngest, she just loves dieta. And it's treats and it's toys and they love, but they live in my home. They, they belong with me. And it would be sad if they were to say, oh, no, we're not coming home today and I'd be like, hang on, there's something wrong there. I'm going to get you. I'm, just, I'm coming up. You're coming home. You belong with me. They're my kids. And the Father has an incredible love for you. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or where you come from. God loves you and he wants you to be with him. He wants you in heaven. And in John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to make a way, to make it possible for us to join him in heaven. He sent him and he so loved. And the thing that I noticed there is that it was his free will decision to come after you through Jesus. And one of the vital ingredients of love is that you have free choice. And it was his free choice to choose to choose to come after you. And God could have programmed you to love him, but that's not true love. That would be, that just 
voids love. Love demands free will. And through people's free will, they reject God. And in Isaiah, it says, each has turned to his own way. And this is the problem. People reject him and go their own way instead of going the way of the Father. And God is like, well, over my dead body, you're going to go that way. Over my dead body. But people's free will will actually cause them to step over the dead body of Jesus and reject what he's done. And they will find themselves maybe in the wrong queue. You don't want to be in the wrong queue. Oh, gosh, God loves you. And over his dead body, he doesn't want you to go to a place that says, should not perish. And you might think, oh, I'm just getting a bit older or something. But yeah, there's a physical death. But he's not talking about that one. He's talking about a spiritual separation from God. God's presence is in this world. But there's a place without his presence. And you're not created to go there. You need to receive Jesus. So he so loved the world that he made a free choice to come after you. And that shows that he wants you. He's paid highest price for you to be with him in heaven, all love for all time, the Father. Which leads us to the second anchor that I have for you is to know that you need Jesus. You need him. You need Jesus. And sin is this blockage. It's the reason we can't get to heaven by ourselves. It creates a barrier between ourselves and God, and we all suffer from it. And just as the whole world is suffering at the moment, there's been a pandemic in each generation, this pandemic of sin. And Jesus is the remedy. He is the cure for this, and it's horrible at the moment around the world. It is in countries, you know, praise God that we're in Australia, honestly. And People are getting all emotional and upset over all kinds of different things. But honestly, if you just consider what's going on in some other other countries like Indonesia and uh, you hear some stories of some things, praise the Lord we have so much space. We can still go and go for bushwalks and just be outside. We can still exercise. We can still got so many good things to be thankful for. But the whole world, just like the world, suffers from this COVID pandemic today. All people in all generations have suffered from a sinful nature. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And God hates sin. He hates it. He doesn't hate sinners. Sin naturally hurts people. So he sent Jesus to remove sin from our hearts and give us a new heart, one that is sensitive to him, one that beats for him, one that goes after him and doesn't just go its own way. I mean, there was this cataclysmic event at the beginning of the Bible and we can just easily gloss over it. It was just like, oh, it's just, I don't know if you had one like, what did you do? You, what did you do? You, you, you what? It's like any God, you know, there's Adam and Eve and there's God and there's also the devil. And, and of all, I mean, if you think God's in the rules, I mean, he creates a perfect environment, gives man the authority. He, this is for you. And he has one rule. And, you know, that one rule, one rule God has, don't eat this fruit. When you eat it, you will die. Don't do this. There's always something that belongs to God. And there's a free will decision for love right there in the Garden of Eden. Just don't do this. We, we love each other. We're good. Don't, don't touch this one rule. 
And of course, Eve decides, oh, that looks pretty good. I think I'll just take some of that and here you have some too. And in that moment, their eyes are open and they just go their own way. And the tragedy is that they hand their authority. Part of the, the main problem is they listen to the devil uh, and that in itself hands over so much authority to him. Um, and you know that because if you read in, in The Temptation of Jesus, he tries to sell it all to Jesus. He's like... He takes Jesus after 40 days, Jesus is fasting, he takes him up, he says, I'll give you all this because it has been given to me. Well, it was in that moment in the garden when it was given to him. And Jesus is like, away from me. Uh, and so it's just, guys, it's like, he says to Eve, what is this you have done? Have you ever had one? Well, it's just awful. It's just this separation and God marches them out of the garden because he's like, we've got to protect the tree of life now because there's another tree in there which they're allowed to eat from and protect them from getting stuck in sin forever. So he marches them out and then he has a new redemption plan which is in Jesus. So there's this event when sin comes in and God is just separated from people, but it's God's will in Second Peter three verse nine that none should die, but that all should come to repentance. And you need Jesus, and that word repentance is where we get our our word penthouse, and it means come up to a high way. It means turn around and go God's way. Don't go your way. Don't just go all your way. Go His way. He's actually really smart, and He knows you. He's seen you before you were. He knows what you're going to say. He knows your thoughts. He loves loves you he he knows all about you and that word repentance means to actually yeah okay I get it I missed the mark yes I need God I maybe I'm not perfect maybe you are God and I'm not and so it means to turn around and change direction from going your way so there's this moment when you can receive Christ and go his way and what he will do is is take out the nature of going your own way and put in the nature of God, the grace of God within your heart. So there's this other cataclysmic event if we come forward to the cross of Christ where God takes the sin of the whole world, breaks down this barrier and ushers in a new season of grace. And in that moment of the cross, grace floods the earth and People come to God. Heaven is opened in that moment. That's when heaven is opened. There's so much grace is flooded when Jesus cries out, it is finished and it's done. And the curtain in the temple, this place which was divided between where God was, there was a barrier, that was ripped. And I love the bit where it says that dead people came back to life. So much life was given in that moment that people came back to life, righteous people who held to God. So yeah, so... That is the second thing that is an anchor for your hope for heaven is to receive Jesus. The third anchor for this hope is to know Jesus. To know Jesus creates this living hope of heaven within you. And it's so important to receive him and to continue. And it's very, very simple. When I was 21 years old, I was hitchhiking. This guy picked me up. I've shared this before. And... He just naturally got into a God conversation and he started asking me about Jesus and I had some funny thoughts about who he was and they were related more to people and what people had done. But Jesus is someone else, he told me, and you need to find out who Jesus is. And so um, I got to thinking differently then. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Who is this Jesus? About a year or so later, I actually picked up a hitchhiker and dropped him off at church and he told me how Jesus had helped him, had taken 
heroin out of his life. And that just sort of brought God from pie in the sky when you die. I hope, gee, I hope he's up there one night, I'm not really sure, to stake on the plate while you're awake. There was an interaction that occurred that got me thinking, all right, who is this? And I dropped him off at church and I, I decided I was going to check this out. I had to check this out. And I was expecting something formal with uh, more than one rule and, uh, and sort of, you know, rules and regulations and formalities and robes and things. And when I went in, people were just sort of normal. They uh, uh, had a keyboard and um, uh, had drums and they were just being normal. And I was like, oh, this is... And they had a piece that I didn't know. And it was just this one thing the guy said to me was to invite Jesus into your life. And I love uh, in John uh, chapter 1, in verse 35 when you have John the Baptist and he's out in the desert baptising people and he's telling people about God and then Jesus comes along and he baptises Jesus. A dove comes out of heaven and rests on Jesus and the Holy Spirit uh, comes and, and rests on Jesus and he sees him and he says, look, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The next day, Jesus comes back again and John is there with some of his followers and he says this, he says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And when he says that, the, the guys that are hanging out with him, young guys, they decide to move towards Jesus. They, they say, this is the guy. And they just simply move towards Jesus and Jesus does this. He just sort of turns around and he goes, what do you guys want? He says, where are you staying? They say to him, where are you staying? He says, come and you will see. And they spend the day with him. And that's how simple it is to come to Jesus. And you will find that if you just move towards him, you'll find he's already waiting there, that he's already for you, and that he is good and that he loves you. And that was over 20 years ago. And turning to God in that moment uh, and just following him and knowing him, he just anchors this hope of life for heaven. And I don't know what cue you're on this morning, whether you have what standard, what expectations you have for that cue, then you need to consider how realistic are your expectations for the cue of heaven. Come on, why don't you pray with me this morning? Consider what cue you're on. And consider is your hope certain? Is your hope assured? And we just, you know, want to make sure that you're in the right queue. Father, come on, why don't you pray with me? Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your great love and your intervention, Lord God, through Jesus. And uh, we just, there's a whole heap of mystery that goes with it. But we thank you for the simplicity of getting to know you, Lord God, of having you come and make a home in our hearts. And uh, yeah, I'll just ask you, if um, you are yeah, walking with Lord, maybe you're, you become a bit dry, you, dry you, you just, you're not around people, which, um, you know, is causing you, maybe you need to just um, spend some time with Jesus. Maybe you just need to, you know, just get out and pray and, and get into the, to the Word of God. Maybe you're just feeling a bit dry. Maybe you have a lot of fear because of uh, what's going on, because of lockdowns and anxieties and uncertainties and the threat of COVID. Maybe it's caused financial pressure. Maybe it's caused just, just worry, just stress. And, uh, you know, in God, there's peace. In Him, there's protection. In Him, you will find life and peace. And I just encourage you to pray this morning. And maybe, you know, you're starting to resonate in your heart. 
Uh, maybe I just need to know who Jesus is. Why don't you ask Him to reveal Himself to you this morning? Father, we bless you. We thank you, Lord, that you're only ever right there. You're only ever right close. You're never far away. And even when heaven and it seems dry or seems a long way or you don't seem far or you don't seem close, you seem far away, we know by faith that you sent Jesus to die on a cross to remove all barriers, Lord God. And if there are barriers, Lord, we just lay them down right now and we look to you, Father of all love, that you would touch our hearts and cause us to know you, cause us to overflow with, heart, uh, with, with love and that we would be in the right queue. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Well, God bless you today and I uh, hope you're thinking about heaven. And uh, yeah, remember to connect with God. Come on. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.